Good. Um, I just uh, thought that I would let you maybe introduce yourself and tell us, you know, everything that is uh, on the agenda for this week. No problem. I'm Marissa Christensen. I'm the initiative director for the South Bay Bicycle Master Plan. I work for the Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition and uh, really closely with the South Bay Bicycle Coalition. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would have questions for you, but, I mean, I don't know what to ask yet, so. Okay. okay. Uh, well, basically what we have going on in the South Bay is a seven-city bike master plan. Um, the planning process itself is grant-funded through the Department of Public Health uh, through their Renew initiative. Um, so we're really fortunate to have uh, this funding available to us. Uh, the master plan itself spans seven cities in the South Bay, uh, El Segundo, Gardena, Hermosa Beach, Lawndale, Manhattan Beach, Redondo Beach, uh, and Torrance. So the, the objectives behind this master plan are basically to interconnect these seven cities with uh, improved and expanded bikeways. A lot of these cities already have some sort of bike master plan in, in place, and we're just coming in and sort of supplementing that. So our focus right now... Okay, you're saying we. Is that the LACBC or is that the... LACBC and the South Bay Bicycle Coalition. Okay. Um, so it's sort of a partnership that came together to win this grant. Mm-hmm. Um, the South Bay Bicycle Coalition is sort of a small grassroots organization that formed for this purpose. Mm-hmm. So we've had this big focus on garnering relationships with all of our cities and getting support from them. And what we're focusing on now is drawing out community members, residents, uh, employees... Uh, employers, business owners. We want to hear what they want to see from this project in the end. Uh, so we have a, a series of community workshops coming up. So what could they see? I mean, well, what are the options? What are the possibilities? I mean, the options are, you know, bike lanes everywhere or a new bike path or sharrows down on the road. Um, there's, there's a variety of different bike facilities that we have to choose from, and it really depends on what's the most appropriate option for a given area. Um, it also depends on, obviously, funding for implementation. Uh, but we do want to hear from the people who live in these communities, uh, you know, what do they want to see? What are their experiences as cyclists? Um, maybe why aren't they cycling at all? Uh, what sort of facility would make them feel more comfortable out on the road? Did you say L.A. is included in this? The city of L.A. is not. Um, LACBC does work very closely with the city of L.A. Um, They worked really hard to uh, make some tweaks and changes to the new L.A. bike master plan. Mm -hmm. But L.A. has its own bike master plan that they've been working on. So this consortium of cities is really South Bay specific. Is L.A. not the South Bay? Um, Parts of L.A. extend into the South Bay. Uh, but the South Bay is generally thought of basically between San Pedro, um, which is the city of L.A., and um, up to maybe El Segundo. There's about okay. 18 cities that are included in that kind of geographic area. And how much is, – is there a grant that you've already got? Yeah. The grant that we have, we, we already got. It's for $240,000, and it basically pays for staff time. Um, we have Alta Planning and Design on, on board as our consultants. 
Um, so it pays for things like that, and that takes us through March of 2012. And at that point, we'll hand off this hopefully adopted master plan to each of our seven cities to actually move forward and implement. Okay. Yeah. So what's uh, Alta's track record? Are they, you know, what do they bring? Alta is basically the premier bike planning firm. They've done a lot of work in the uh, immediate area. They've done work with the city and county of L.A. They've done work down in San Diego uh, and all over the country, really. Um, They've done basically almost predominantly bike planning. They do some pedestrian planning as well, but that's really their big focus, and that's that's who to turn to if you're doing a project like this. Okay. Um, so when will we start seeing the, the plan? Well, uh, the series of community workshops that we have coming up, which actually start this Monday in El Segundo at the Jocelyn Center, um, to find kind of the details and times and everything, I'll just point people to the website, which is la-bike.org, or you can go to southbaybicyclecoalition.org, and you can find some information there. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, after these community workshops, we're going to have a, a lot of comments and input from community members. We're going to take all of that and start actually drawing uh, new bike lanes and bike paths and things down on paper. So our first draft of the plan uh, will probably be ready in early spring. And then, early spring. Yes. Okay. And then uh, a final, we're hope, hopefully, will be adopted in front of council and everything uh, in August of 2011. So this August. August of 2011. Okay. I keep and forgetting then we're in 2011. We, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, so once they get all this on paper, then they're yeah. still going to have to find the funds to actually implement yeah, and, and that's kind of the one of the good things about this particular master plan is we've we've dedicated ourselves to making it compliant with um, Caltrans uh, requirements for additional funding. So Caltrans has this this fund basically called the bicycle transportation account, and it is for uh, bicycle implementation only. Uh, bicycle infrastructure implementation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our master plan will actually meet those requirements so all of the cities that we're working with will be eligible for funding that they're not currently getting. So mm-hmm. hopefully that will help to sort of close the gap in terms of implementation. Okay, great. Well, I think I got it. I, all right. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't usually get many calls on the live on the show because live we, we just don't, I guess, have a lot of listeners early this morning. But uh, – I'm sure you'd have some really good questions. Uh, can you, like, you know, anticipate, like, a question that somebody might ask? And, like, what what do you think you're going to have people come to the workshops with? What, what, what kind of what stuff are they going to be asking? That's actually a good question. Um, probably something to clarify and a question that I have gotten about the workshops is, um, whether or not it's for cyclists only, and the answer is is no. Um, we absolutely want the cycling population out there and telling us what they, as experienced cyclists, want to see on their roads. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want everybody else out there too, because really, uh, this sort of planning affects the streets for all users of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think what we're probably going to see is a lot of cyclists come out and tell us, you know, where they want bike lanes or sharrows or a new bike path. But I also imagine we're going to have people come out who maybe are a little bit hesitant as to why we want more bike facilities on the street. So we really do want all people from all walks of life to come out. 
we'll educate them a little bit on our process and why a, a bike-friendly community is a good thing for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hear what they have to say. The first one is where again? It's in El Segundo at mm-hmm. the Jocelyn Center Okay. Uh, at 7 o'clock at night uh, this Monday. Okay. You mean in two days from now? In two days uh-huh. from now, absolutely. Okay. And what? then the other six continue through the next couple of weeks. Okay. And it's at your website? It's at la-bike.org, and then you can click on the South Bay Bicycle Master Plan button, or you can go directly to southbaybicyclecoalition.org, and that has all the information there, all the dates, locations, times, everything you need to know. All right, cool. And when you're not doing this, you're with the LACBC? Or you're- well, this is my full-time job. This okay. project is what I do full-time. Um, I am not uh, located in the same office building as the rest of the LACBC. Uh, I actually work in Redondo Beach. Uh, City Hall there was kind enough to give me some office space down there so I can be close to the project. So you're in the Redondo Beach City Hall? I am. What's that like? It's actually really nice. Everybody's really nice. Uh, The facilities are are very pleasant. It's nice to be near the beach every day. Mm -hmm. So I'm lucky. Cool. And how did you come to this? Like, were you an avid cyclist or were you in the world of urban planning? I was in the world of urban planning, Mm -hmm. exactly. Um, I went to uh, grad school for urban planning at USC. Um, I've done uh, entitlement work on other master plans for um, companies like Disney um, and some private consulting firms. And um, I did a little bit of bike planning, actually, during my, my grad school years. So... When this popped up, I, I jumped at it, absolutely. Isn't there somebody at USC who's the blogger now for LADOT, something like that? Um, I believe so. I think I did hear something like that, but I'm, I'm not okay. sure. I keep hearing about him, and then I guess we'll figure that out. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, um, anything else we can bring to this? I really don't have anything for, like, right now for another 15 minutes, but we could play some music, bike music. Um, well, just to, to plug a yeah. little bit of what LACBC has going on outside of the South Bay, uh, we have a um, fun ride coming up actually tomorrow on Sunday, January 9th. Um, it's with board members and staff members of LACBC, and it's open to all LACBC members, um, and it's going to be through the valley. Oh, wow. And we also have a firecracker ride coming up on February 12th. Oh, right, uh, the firecracker ride. Yeah, uh, Chinatown, Griffith Park, that area. Yeah, the firecracker ride. So who who does who organizes that? Um, actually, we just got a new employee. Her name is Joni, mm-hmm. and she's organizing all of that stuff. So you should visit uh, again la-bike.org uh, to find out more. la-bike.org. Mm-hmm. Your one-stop um, one clearinghouse for, for <laughs> everything important. All things bike, yes. Um, and the the members ride for LACBC in the Valley tomorrow. Where does that start? Um, you know what? That's actually a really good question. I'm not sure exactly. I where bet we're I know where you can go and find out. I bet you do. Let's hear it. I forgot already. <laughs> LACBC-bike.org? Just LA-bike. LA-bike.org. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, and since most of our listeners will hear this on podcast after tomorrow, mm-hmm. is there a regular LACBC bike ride? Um, they actually are rolling out uh, a monthly ride with board members and staff members, and it's open uh-huh. to all LACBC members. Okay. Um, and that's that's once a month. I think they're usually planning on doing it during the first Sunday of every month, but they got rained out last week, so they, they pushed it up. Man, there's so many rides. I mean, you've got the first Friday, second Friday, first Sunday. There's like the second Saturday at the bike oven. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a there's a lot to choose from out there. Yeah, you could really get healthy and social at the same time, improve your social life and your everything all around, except your career. <laughs> unless you're you, well, unless unless you're us, yeah, unless yeah. you're LACBC staff, in which case you get to hit all three. Wow. Yeah, it's such a good thing. Yeah, biking. we're we're lucky. Um. All right. Well, I I want to plug our uh, benefit um, next Saturday, the fifteenth. Absolutely. It's going to be in the bike district, so-called, uh, at Vlad the Retailer, which is right next to Orange 20 Bikes. Can you come Saturday, next Saturday? Absolutely. 7.30 p.m.? Absolutely. You can make an announcement. All right. Um, all right. So do we have anything else that you can think of? I think you that's think it. You covered everything? Uh, you know, for anybody who's listening, if you live, work, or bike through the South Bay, come to these workshops starting next week and continuing through uh, the end of the month. Okay. Really good. They're not all at, they're in different places. Uh, it's one workshop per city. So these seven cities right. that we're in, we're doing one in each. Okay. Uh, next week is El Segundo, Lawndale, and Gardena. Okay, great. All right. Hold on. Let me put some music on. This is not seamless. <laughs> Uh-oh. I, um... I just use this guy's. Uh, he's got a bike ro- a bike playlist, bike song playlist. Oh wow, that's great! Oh look at this! I didn't even know about this. Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my. Usually, I don't play this song because people are so sick of it. Yeah. People in the bike scene are very sick of it, but. I like it. And how can you go wrong with Queen? Uh huh. Exactly. Exactly. Wayne, I don't want to be the president of the 
Okay, now I, I want to interview somebody named Frederick King who made a movie called B.I.K.E. Um, and this movie, according to Frederick, what does he say about it? He says, a word of warning, B.I.K.E. is not so much about bicycle culture as it is about how people define themselves by excluding others, politically, socially, and religiously. It just takes place in mutant bike culture. Enjoy and please share all the, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So here is the first part of B.I.K.E. the movie on YouTube. And we'll see if we can get Frederick on in a minute on the phone. Well, you can't see it, but there's a, a flaming a bike. It's on fire with, with fireworks coming out. to really get into but just the audio because there's a lot of compelling visuals and uh, I don't know if the audio is really clear. What do you think so far, Marissa? It looks really interesting. I, I definitely I definitely want to see the whole movie but yeah, I agree that you have to see the visuals. Well, the movie will be at the benefit. Uh, Frederick King is also going to call in and talk to us about it at 11. Great. But it's supposedly about mutant bike culture. B-I-K-E movie. So we, we have uh, Chicken Leather has just walked in with, is this uh, I'm, uh, Adrian. Adrian, cool. Hey, a Adrian is from... Uh, Everybody always knows that I never really want to come to Bike Talk and it's Saturday morning and we're up against, that's right, my favorite TV show, which is the the Bollywood uh, happening uh, kind of disco thing. So I'm going to get my dance shoes on and try and dance out of here. I'm sorry, what TV show is... is no, I, I'm just kidding. Oh. There's... <laughs> I'm I'm here for you guys and um, cool. yeah, it's the Misfits in the studio. How about that? Are these the Misfits? I always thought I always thought they were like a, a, a hip '90s band, but uh, I think they've rewritten it with with bike culture. And uh, wow, this 
This movie, Bike, is just getting more intense and tense. This looks like Pixel Cam, if I'm correct. Is it? Fisher Price Pixel Cam. I know that image now. It's just black. And well, white. we're going to have this at the benefit. And um, they got tall bike jousting. Have you ever, guys ever done any bike jousting at all? No? You have? At Crank Mob, they do it? I'd like to try to get it for the benefit. You guys want to move up here? I don't know. Yeah, these mics both work if you want to. Chicken leather, you want to? Nobody knows the misfits. These guys could just be off the street. We don't. They don't have any credentials or something, which brings to mind what Long Beach is doing. Long Beach is like, in, if you don't have your bike license, what is it, four hundred dollars? I mean, that's ridiculous, man. I don't think anybody has four hundred dollars to to spend on just. Saying, yeah, this is who I am. What do you mean, just riding your bike? You Apparently, you have to have a bike license now to ride Long Beach. I'm trying to get a hold of Al, but Al hasn't been riding his bike because he's uh, he got laid up with some ribs after hitting a pothole. You think they would take some of this money they're taking from bike riders and put it back in infrastructure? But I I digress. The Misfits are in the studio. Is it the Misfits? Mis Mixed. Misfits. Oh, and here I'm thinking you're some cool ass band. Well, they might still be cool ass. <laughs> um, so tell us about the misfix. Yeah, can you join without having a, a fixed bike? Yeah, all all bikes are welcome to the ride. We have people that show up on any sort of bike. We have a BMX little crew that's been showing up, like probably ten of them, and we don't go fast. They keep up on a BMX. Wow. Like the little little BMX? Yeah, the uh -huh. little sprocket, like the 25 uh -huh. sprocket in the front and the 9 in the back. I mean, huh. it's like 65 gear inches, but still they're spinning out like crazy. And they keep up. Sounds cool. Well, um, so you have fixed and BMX. Do you also have like just road bikes and mountain bikes and all kinds of bikes? Or yeah, is it mainly all, like all kinds of bikes? cool people? No, nah, we we don't hate on anybody. Just, I mean, if you want to show up and ride with us, you could you could do it. Um, when is the ride? It's the first Friday of every month. So doesn't that compete with uh, what what is it? Critical Mass? No, no. The there's the F ride, Glendale ride, and I think Beer Fest. What's the F ride? F ride is run by uh, X ray from Mom Rides. Oh, Mom Rides, yeah. yeah. So you guys all friends? Yeah. Cool. There's no competition? No, I mean, I'm not in it for the competition or popularity contest. I mean, the way I see it, there's more rides on a Friday, the more the better. You got more to choose from. I mean, I don't want to have a monopoly on the first Friday. It just gets boring like that. That's why I started my ride. Because uh -huh. there was one ride every Friday, so I was like, oh, it's... Yeah, I want to go ride, but I've done this ride ten times already. Uh -huh. Can there be another one? So you started the ride? Yeah. When when did it all begin? Uh, we started the ride in... The first official ride was July of 2009. Mm -hmm. But we had done one in March just to see what was going to happen. I think it was like ten people showed up to that one. And it was just all my friends. Hmm. So I was like, eh. So how many? Wait, wait a minute. That, that means March was the first ride. I don't care if there's two people or one person. If you, you know, The first ride is the first ride, right? Yeah, it's, true. yeah it was posted on Midnight's. Yeah, like 10 that people counts. showed up. So uh, March 2009, yeah. we're going to count as the, the birth of the ride. All right, cool. And so 
what was I going to ask? Oh, where do you guys meet and stuff? Uh, we meet on the parking lot on Western and Venice on Fuforless. Okay. It's a big side parking lot right there. All right. And what rides did you used to do before you did uh, before you did Misfixed? Uh, well, on the first Friday, there was really no main ride. There was always just a ride will pop up here and then probably in the west side or downtown. So I was just like, just let me set a, a main ride for that day. And then after us, F ride and Glenda ride started. So now there's, you could say there's three main rides that day mm-hmm. that I know that are actually posted every first Friday mm-hmm. on Midnight Riders. So Midnight Riders is really the, the clearing house of the rides in... Like all of Los, is it Los Angeles mainly? Yeah, for, I mean for me it is. There's there's Facebook rides, but I really don't like going to those because they exclude a lot of people. If you don't know about the group, you don't get an invite. I mean, what's the point of going, right? Midnight okay. Riders is an open source. Anybody could access it. If you have a computer, you could go to the library. I mean, you could see what rides are happening. Check another. You should ask some questions. You're more. You're more. Right. No, you're doing a great job. Knowledgeable about. Yeah, I, I would uh, I would ask him. Um, do you're you're saying that it's accessible? The software is is the software ever excluded from you, or is it, was it just like you showed up to a ride and you didn't know anybody and you felt like like you were in the third grade again and like the Facebook there were pretty rides. pretty girls there, but you didn't want to talk to them because you're nah, the, in the third grade. I mean, grade. the Facebook rides is like mostly people that know each other invite each other uh-huh. to those rides. But you ever, riders, anybody could show up. So what are you saying? They're like bike snobs or yeah. something? Oh. Well, you know how to fix a bike snob, don't you? No. <laughs> you guys know how to fix bikes. You don't know how to fix a bike snob? You just say, oh, are you guys going to ride or are you just going to snob and snub us? You know, and they, they usually go, well, uh, uh, no, and you can ride, I guess, with us. And they get all tongue-tied and stuff. But I, I think the streets don't have, like, an exclusivity to them. So I think that's why Midnight Riders still still keeps doing it. Yeah. So... Uh, the valley, huh? You guys in the valley? Where where are they? Where are you guys from? Mid city. Mid city, but he's wearing a Cal State Northridge. You let somebody from the valley ride with you? Somebody eight one eight? No, we go to Northridge. Oh. oh, we've done a couple of the Have valley you? rides. Yeah, I I bumped into somebody last night. I guess they were. I don't know if they were on your ride or something. They rode all the way out to Magic Mountain or Six Flags. Did you have you ever done yeah, one of those? She was on her ride. She was on your ride. Yeah. Ah, because she has been riding the whole day. I us. yeah. I broke down and I forgot her name. I broke down and I'm coming back and they're getting tacos on Washington and Hoover. That was you, right? That was me yeah. who broke down. Yeah, yeah. I broke down. Yeah, Nobody stopped. Yeah, yeah. That's thanks, guys. And I, I literally pushed my my bike home. I had tubes and I kept on putting them up, but they just weren't sticking. It's one of those things. Like, I don't. I think everybody has been through it, where it's like two in the morning, your bike's broke down, and you're going. There's, there's literally nothing between me and the four miles. It's like. Do you call a cab? Do you take a bus? And at that point, nothing's running. You just want to get off the street so you don't get jacked yeah, or anything. Yeah, I shot it. I was like, chicken leather. But I wasn't really that <laughs> sure. I was like, is it him or is it? Well, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, but uh, you, you, wow, I was amazed. I mean, she was telling me how arduous the route was. I guess you guys took got through Hollywood uh, uh, or went through Glendale, Glen Oaks, 
cut across that way to San Fernando Road and took San Fernando Road to, I guess, through Santa Clara or something? There's a route. Oh, that was their route. That was their route? Oh, yeah, what, how did you get out there? We just rode to Hollywood. Through Hollywood. Yeah, we just took, like, side streets. Coanga. Uh, and then like, got on the 101. Because there's really no route out there for streets unless you're, like, cutting through, I guess, um, what is that? Chatsworth or something? Or... I don't, I don't know how you get out to, to the valley. Maybe one of our callers could call in at, uh, 213-252-0998 and tell us how they would get out to the valley, huh? I so, just usually do it over to Cahuenga Pass. Cahuenga Pass. You know, that's, that's a fun one. If you can stand the fumes and stuff, <laughs> yeah. I usually sneak around the back way. Cause there's a, there's now the, the I guess it's the river route the, that, the river that comes route. out. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, it used to be that was the best part of it, but now, if you go through, I guess, uh, Highland Park or down by Cypress Park, that's the best route now. They, they really dumped a lot of stuff. It's like lit at night. And, and don't tell anybody. I guess you can tell people. It's solar powered now, so they can't steal a copper wire out. I guess they could climb, you know, 50 feet up on the pole and steal this, the, the panels. The panels. But <laughs> anyway, here you go. All right. So we needed to get that out about that story about you late at night and, and you got to see chicken leather so um so tell us about your ride what is, what is it like uh, like what's it what's an average ride average ride we put in probably 20 miles a night and those are the easy routes i'll let you know through through every post like facebook midnight riders everything i'll tell you it's gonna be a slow ride it's gonna be fast ride challenging route or whatever so it's different sometimes it's slow sometimes it's challenging yeah we've done routes to we did one to the rose bowl so we put in like 45 miles that night how do you get from venice and western to the rose bowl uh we just figured it out we were basically following the gold line mm -hmm. through side streets mm -hmm. and then we just cut through the bike path there's like a little bike path once you get out there somewhere okay. yeah we you made it to the rose bowl you ever use Google Bike? Google Bike? No, nah, we just we just look at maps. Uh -huh. It's basically how we figure out our our routes or anything. So forty five miles. Uh, was that your longest ride? Nah, we did a century. Wow. When when was that? It was in November. And where does a century go? Where did that go? We rode from Western of Venice out to Long Beach. And then from Long Beach, we looped the whole coast. Just so you figured it out that that it would be 100 miles, and you did that. It was the official. That route was officially 72 miles. But when we came back to LA, I told everybody we were going to do the rest here in LA. So basically, it ended up being a century. So how do you decide? Like, okay, today I'm going to do a century. Tonight, tomorrow, the next time I'm going to do a like a slow ride. It's just what I what I'm feeling that day. So like sometimes I'm like, ah, right, let's just go long trip. So you're like the king. So whatever, <laughs> however you're feeling. That's yeah, however I'm feeling, that's what the ride's gonna be like. All right. So how many riders usually like, you know, regularly show up? Regularly, it's like probably like 150. 150. Yeah. Wow, I did not realize who I was talking to. Yeah, I usually count it through the spoke cards I give out. Uh -huh. I usually make 120, 
130. Yeah. Sometimes, like, when I know it's a challenging round and I let everybody know, it's like probably 50 people will show up to those. Can you bring your, your ride to our benefit on Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Would, that would be too many people right there. <laughs> but, but that's fine. That would be great. Awesome. Um, but you probably won't get as many for, like, a special occasion ride as you would for, like, the, the people who know, like, every first Nah, Friday. yeah, the first Friday is the one yeah, yeah. that gets the most people out. Um, great, yeah. But you're coming for sure, right? The, to the benefit? Yeah, I'll show it. Maybe yeah. we'll give him an award or something. <laughs> um, there's going to be art. There's going to be bike art. Did you see that um, thing the, the that was put on at Crew West uh, ever? Do you, do you know that place? Yeah. They, they had a bike show, bike art show. The screen print one with all those bike posters. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the same people who curated that, Two Rabbits, are going to give us art for the for this benefit. And we're also going to have uh, fat tire beer, and and a free bike ballet. And LACBC. <laughs> that's actually the coolest part, really, is that LACBC is bike balleting for free. So you get treated like you're at a fancy restaurant or something, and it's all bike related. Uh, you know, yeah. there's, there's, uh, there's, there's been the argument that you really should be responsible for your own bike and that bike valets aren't the way to go. I, I would argue that. I would say that sometimes it's great to know that somebody else is looking after your bike and losing it, you know? <laughs> I can't believe you. <laughs> what are you doing? No, no, because... No, seriously, if you if you always depend on somebody else to, like, watch your bike or something, I mean, I carry a lock. I'm sure you guys carry locks, right? Yeah. What kind of lock do you carry? He's, U-locks. He's holding up a U-lock, and it looks like a, a formidable weapon, too, so it's a little bit of self-defense. But um, if you if you get into the habit of locking your bike, you, you get to a, a valet event, it's, it's, it's like, oh, you're going to be responsible for my bike now or something like that? And it's like sometimes... There's some really like, this is the time that you could sort of sleep, I guess, at this event, right? They'll they'll watch after your bike, right? I I don't know, man. I I just think you <laughs> I, I don't get bike valet that often. It's not like everywhere I go I get a bike valet, so you know it's kind of a luxury. Yeah. But I know what you're saying too, because bikes are like you know it's like having it's like a horse. It's like your horse, you know, yeah. and, and you don't want to just stand it up. But then again, you know they don't have horse locks. You know you got to just tie your horse up, and hopefully it knows not to go with a stranger. It's a very bad analogy because <laughs> obvious reasons. Um, so looking good for the, the, the benefit, and I uh, hope you'll be there. So do you have, like, um, people who are on your ride who also have rides of their own? Yeah. We have um, Sam. He, he leads the, the new ride. He sometimes comes out to my ride. I let him lead. He figured out the Long Beach route, the the Century, because he's I don't know he's really good with maps. Okay. He just I don't know you tell him anything he'll tell you every street around there. So, so you have like so what I'm thinking is that you have spinoffs, like you have spinoff rides, like a ride will get really big and then it'll splinter into like other rides. Yeah, it's part of a, a healthy culture. So what else do you guys do? That's that's bike related or, or not bike related or uh, I started putting on some uh, monthly punk shows mm-hmm. like underground punk shows post my ride we ride around kill time and then we end at the show it's all free I just contact the bands that are 
that are down to play for free, they show up. We listen to their music and. What what kind of bands like who, who anybody we'd recognize or anybody names? I don't probably Society's Parasites. They're signed to Hellcat Record. Wow. Um, sounds good. Sounds punk. So and then so we say you ride around, like before or after the ride or, or the, uh, before the, the, show. the show. Yeah, we just. I usually have a window of like two hours to just ride around, get people tired and. Just like let the band set up, so by the time we show up to the venue, they're set up and just start playing. So you ride to the venue. Yeah. Is it good to that they're tired by the time they get to the show? Is that better? Yeah. To appreciate the music. Yeah, because people just like either sit down or they're like too too tired to complain. <laughs> Is complaining a big problem at the at the shows? No, nah, not at the shows. Um, wow. So you learned maybe through your organizing rides that you could organize things and then you decided to take it to shows and Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I started good. doing the shows because I mean I like going to shows but Hollywood, the strip, it got just too expensive for me. It was like Whoa. probably twenty five bucks a a ticket. Where it used to be like twelve bucks. Did they have punk shows at the at the Hollywood? On the strip? Oh. Yeah, like yeah. House of Blues and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, but now it's like, it's just too expensive to get in. I mean, the way I see it, just to go see a punk band, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to, that's kind of the opposite of what you expect, right? Yeah. Um, I was going to say something and then this curtain came down and I forgot. So, um, oh, the no pants ride. What's up with that? Is that you? No, nah, that's something that started, I think, in New York. Um, weren't you on Facebook, like, involved with that? Some, some, no, nah, I was just like... Oh, you commented on it or something? Commented on oh, okay. it, promoting it through my f- page to all my friends. I just thought that was kind of an attention grabber, the no pants ride. I, I wear pants sometimes. Okay. <laughs> uh, ask him, you know, uh, speaking of pants, we're getting into the fashion sense of, of branding and stuff. And one of the things we always notice is when you're on a bike, you you need a – and we, I'm watching some guy carry, like, his whole bedding on his bike over here across the street. Um, you you have need a bag or something. And I've noticed you guys have branched out from just uh, uh, carrying stuff and – like I do, and American tourists kind of things because everything else is falling apart. You're you're actually uh, making some messenger bags. You want to tell us about it? Yeah, uh, the messenger bag idea started. Uh, the other leader, uh, Rebecca, she's not here today. She knows how to sew. She, she studied fashion, so I was like, "Hey, can you make me a bag from a used vinyl banner?" She's like, "Yeah, let's just try it out." Yeah. It's over there. Can I see the bag? No, describe it. Yeah, would you? T- okay, should I? No, you you probably do better. Nice. Well, okay. <laughs> tell me, tell me if I miss something. Well, it comes from something that you can't really say what it, see what it says except LA18, and I don't know what that means. Uh, it's that um, Korean channel. Oh, okay. Channel 18. So you really just took a like a vinyl banner from some event, some yeah. We promotion. we were on a ride. That stopped at um, City Hall, uh-huh. and they had that Asian Pacific Festival, and all the banners were in the trash. Mm-hmm. 
because they had dates on them, so you can't use them again. So I was like, I had another bag on me. I was like, I just took them out of the trash. I was like, oh, I could use these. Okay, and then you and then you put these like uh, these I don't know leopard print like uh, what do you call these? The things that straps. click the straps, um, and then on the you got the um, car belt, belt buckle. Car belt buckle. This is this is pretty cool. Yeah. So, how much would something like this cost? It was. It's waterproof because of the vinyl. It's got the leather, the leopard print um, interior. I'm really bad at describing lining. lining. Thank you. <laughs> and um, it's funky. And uh, yeah, so are you selling these? Uh, we're going to start selling them, but we got to work out the price and everything. Yeah. Well, so it's probably going to be like at least Five bucks. 50 bucks. <laughs> Just the labor on here is probably, probably takes like. Like yeah, at least a couple hours. Yeah, it takes like more than, more than like, a couple hours. Like a whole day. A whole day, yeah. I was picturing maybe if you had an assembly line, <laughs> but you wouldn't. Have no, yeah, and it, I mean it's and it's custom made. Basically, no one else in LA is gonna have this bag. So how how can somebody get one of these bags from from you? Uh, we're gonna set up something through uh, Midnight Riders with uh, Roadblock. He's gonna help us out. But we're like wow. we're, we're we're in the process of stocking up okay, so we got fashion music uh the ride the ride i guess that's health i don't know what that would be but it's like a empire we'll start up here you're a monarch uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay we don't want to make you too conceited before you leave <laughs> and you're going to college yeah a young man with his future ahead of him what, what are you studying in college uh graphic design uh, graphic design how old are you? 24. 24, yeah. And you? 21. What's your name? Speaking to the I'm Sergio. I'm his brother. I'm oh, 21, cool. and I also go to Cal State Northridge. Okay. And um, you go on the ride, too? Yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah, he's the other leader. Oh, yeah. okay. Great. Every ride on there, too. All right. Yeah, Either so... On the fixed gear or on the BMX. Uh-huh. So if something happens to me, he takes over or the other leader takes over. Something. Something happens to you. Does a white van pull up and they sort of just like G tape you and, and throw you in the van and they take you to a concert or what's what's going on? What do you mean like you're not there? No, like one time we lost one of the leaders. She we were riding through downtown and her chain snapped uh -huh. and she was towards the back because I split the leaders in front, middle, and back uh -huh. so nobody gets dropped. And it happened to be that. Her in the back snapped her Nobody chain. gets dropped unless you're a leader, right? Yeah, and everybody just left her. And then by the time I got to the the, the stop, I'm like, hey, where is she? And they're like, I don't know. So then she had to take the bus home from downtown somewhere, like in Skid Row. And we're like, how come nobody said anything? They're like, they just left me. This sounds a lot like deja vu last night. I had a cell phone, but nobody was answering their cell phone. And that, that was the point where it's like you sort of hunker down. And she took a bus. But uh, I, I would argue that uh, maybe there's there's a point of uh, rethinking the equation. But anyway, it sounds it sounds great. Uh, so there are leaders. It's not a leaderless ride like Midnight Riders or something. Oh yeah, there's there's leaders, and then there's still people that that I trust enough that that could take over the ride. There's oh. like two other people. How do I gain your trust? I want to know this one. 
just just by showing up to the right and showing respect to the right or by being his brother ah. <laughs> uh, so it's it's like by lineage i like this yeah, you get to be born into it <laughs> quick get a condom and a time machine yes <laughs> <laughs> so um tell us about the organization like how, how much time do you put into it and, and how does it work and is it hard and Well, like, we organize on a monthly basis. I I don't even want to do the the right weekly because it's, it's kind of stressful, I guess. Like I've been I've been to rides that are on a weekly basis, and leaders are always like I always see them more stressed out mm -hmm. than the ones that just lead it once a month. Mm -hmm. And like once a month gives you more time to play around with themes, routes. Just gives you longer time to plan out your ride. So themes, how do you come up with themes? Themes, sometimes I'm just going through YouTube or something. I'll, I'll see a video. Like last night's theme was Clockwork Orange. I called it Clockwork Misfix. I was like, eh, that sounds good. Just made a spoke card. That was the theme for the night. Can you get spoke cards? Um, like... If you missed a ride, can you get the spoke card, or do you have to actually be on the ride? No, I, I really don't like doing that. Yeah. Like, I kind of want people to actually earn their spoke card. Yeah, of course. Because I've had people that just show up sometimes, ask me for a spoke card, and they leave. <laughs> and then I'm left with people that are actually finishing the ride uh -huh. without a spoke card because I gave that one away. So what do your spoke cards look like? Are they cool? I would imagine they... got some over there. So how much you got like like twenty spoke cards here? Okay, so you got a Lakers theme uh, spoke card. Yeah, that was for the Lakers Boston Celtics final, the NBA final. And oh. then oh, it's got it's got the like a leprechaun with the what what is that? Uh, image there is the, the the fiend skull the misfit skull okay is that like have to do with andre the giant in some way no, no it's with the band it's, it's the band's logo what band the misfits oh right i'm sorry <laughs> a lot of this is just over my head okay and then so he's, he's as a leprechaun so the misfits skull and a leprechaun with a basketball and um then what was this theme this is the kennedy assassination theme right yeah <laughs> oh my god how do you so how do you live out the theme on the ride? Well, sometimes I just shot at on the, on the ride or how does that <laughs> Well, like it? this one. That one well, we went to East LA and it was pretty pretty gnarly night. We actually had an encounter with local gang oh, no. and they had guns on them. Whoa. We were at the park and yeah. we all felt the bullets in like you mean you felt excuse me like no the guy like seriously came out yeah with his hand on the gun and we're like oh here we go yeah. what were they but, like just like you how you shouldn't be in our space? yeah they were they saw us as intruders uh -huh. and they just wanted to check it out and then they saw it was just a bunch of kids on bikes yeah. and they they kind of calmed down and then we offered them some drinks and <laughs> <laughs> and then but they maybe were that cool. Tells you, you know, don't make assassination a theme of your uh, of your ride. Possibly, I don't know. That's superstitious. <laughs> and then, 
actor. Is this what is this? Christmas? That's the All City Toy Ride. Oh, All City Toy Ride. Yes, of course. Wow. How did you come up with this? Uh, this is an existing <laughs> image, or yeah, you that's... photoshopped it to put a skull on there. And I just put the the hats, the hats on. Yeah, you put the hats on the. Um, these are fantastic. Do you have a place where somebody can look at these? You you say you're a graphic artist, but these are more than graphic art. These are almost like like art here. Are you ever going to have an art show, or you're just going to show all these? I, I think I think you have to talk to the bike oven. I think we could arrange something where you can take up a whole wall. Now, h- how many of these the do you have? You want, yeah, if you want to put up some at the benefit, yeah. maybe somebody could buy spoke carts at the benefit, like it's a special special occasion type of thing. Wrap yeah. Them off or or an enlarged one. I'm sorry. Did you have it? No, I. Yeah. Uh, I'm. We're, we're talking here like he's not in the room. I love this, <laughs> but uh, I'm. I'm just. These, these are fantastic and stuff. So uh, you talked about Clockwork Orange last night. Uh, did you have uh, someone going around pinning back your eyebrows and forcing you to ride, or or what? What was it? What were, where did you go, and what was the theme behind it? Well, the theme was basically. <coughs> At cause mischief and stuff, uh, chaos. We actually, I shouldn't be probably saying this, but we we actually did a circle of death last night. Hey. Since last what critical mass when the incident happened, uh-huh. I think that's the last time. They did that's the last time I I've been on a circle of death. So yeah, we just brought it back, Hollywood and Highland. Oh, I, I yeah. told everybody, I'm like, you guys are down for it. Yeah. I'm like, but these are the rules. You guys can't knock out the leaders, can't knock on the right. You get caught, I say you're on your own. Mm-hmm. We all did. It was probably like 70 of us just right there. That, I got to say, was was one of the most fun times I've had on a bicycle with the circle of death, although it was also made me – I'm trying to think if it was fun or just weird. But it was <laughs> – it was. I would argue, aren't these your streets anyway? I mean, if it's your streets, you could run around in a circle regardless. I, I would – Argue that the cars are always getting into traffic jams and stuff, and nobody comments about when, and I'm looking right now, when the Hollywood freeway is backed up and you literally could do a circle of death because nobody's going anywhere or something. So maybe maybe I have different values here. And I invite somebody to call in at 213-252-0998 and argue that with me. But I, I think for something like a social occasion when, where everybody knows you're in traffic and going around in a circle that it's – Acceptable social behavior on a on a Friday night, especially especially if it's if you're trying to emulate Alex from from the Stanley Kubrick classic uh, Clockwork Orange or something. I mean, this is somebody that was pre-programmed to kill people, and then he overcame it. But in overcoming it, he had to almost sort of destroy himself with ultraviolence and reconstruct himself with. With uh, against the mores of society or something. Maybe I'm reading into Clockwork you? Orange. Well, you just like this film professor just walked on <laughs> in the show. Um, wow. So where do we go from here? <laughs> then you yeah. this? Yes. We we were we were asking about his rides and 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 themes and stuff. So I um. Oh, right. I would digress that his uh, graphic arts are helping him with his. Uh, Little uh, bike rides and stuff, and it seems like you're 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 getting with with all these different things. You're sort of walking around the fact that it is bike culture you're reinventing here. Can you comment on that? Uh, reinventing bike culture. Yeah, I mean you've got 
You got bike rides. You got bike rides. You got you got fashion. You've got bands that are going, getting to the bands with a bike ride. I mean, what, what's the next step? Well, I mean, I don't feel like I'm reinventing it. It's just more of the the DIY aspect of it. Like, I learned that from through Midnight Riders. I just saw like, Crank Mop. They would have bands at their their rides. So I was like, why can't I do it? I like these this type of music. Let me see if I could get these bands out. And it's it's been working. Now I have bands calling me, telling me, hey, can I be in the next show, next month's show? And that's what I wanted to happen. Like, just you know, what reminds me of it's like with uh, I remember K- somebody I think it was like KRS One saying that there's four elements to uh, hip hop culture, and it was like there's the graffiti, there's the and then I can't remember the other three, break dancing, emceeing, uh, emceeing, and turntablism. And so there's certain things in bike culture too. There's like the the fashion, the music, the rides. There should be a fourth one. Well, I, <laughs> the I spoke think, carts. No, no, we're dancing around this. And I'm looking at these bikes I brought in today. There's they're not 20 inch wheels. These are 700 wheels, deep V, on a bike with a. Is this a BMX threadless headset with the slung low light? One brake on the front, fixed in the back. The green chain. You've got uh, you got old traps on these. I mean, you know, there's no clip-ins on this stuff. And then on the back, you've got like what is that? A flip-flop hub? Yeah. And a Brook seat. I know a Brook seat anywhere. That's that's like a high-end Brook seat. This is not a twenty-dollar bike. Let me just tell you, this is something that somebody actually worked on and stuff. Maybe you guys want to talk about the other bike, the Italian bike that's here. Oh, my bike? Yeah. Tell me about your bike. Uh, just, I always wanted a good bike. Like, I replaced my bike that was stolen with that bike. I was like, just let me replace my bike. You you seem to have an emotional reaction when you talked about your bike that was stolen. Oh, uh, I mean, it, when I say it was stolen, it was like, literally like ripped off like under me. Oh. It wasn't like, I left it outside. Burger King locked up and somebody came broke my log. I mean, I would have probably not felt as bad. It's just the way it happened. We were coming back from a ride mm-hmm. 3 in the morning mm-hmm. on Venice Boulevard. It's just three of us. It's empty and a car just pulls up. And I, I felt it. As soon as I saw the car, I was like, oh, something's going to happen. Yep. They came back. They busted a U. Chased us. We were three blocks from my house. We made it to my block. We turned the corner. So as I'm turning the corner, they cut me off. If I didn't have my brake, I would have gone over the car because that's how fast I was going. The guy comes out. He picks up my front tire and just, like, lifts me off my bike. I was like, I was going to fight him for it because he, he, he swung at me. I was like, I'm still standing. I was just going to swing back. But that's when everybody in the car came out. I was like, you know what? It's not even worth it. If I get shot or stabbed right here for a bike, I could replace my bike. So I just let it go. I was like, all right, you want my bike so bad? Take it. I could replace yeah. that. Oh. This, is a, this is another level of bike theft here. So yeah. you're, you're, did you remember a license plate, anything else about the car? I'm sure you filed a report, right? Yeah, we filed a report and everything, but 
at that moment, I wasn't thinking of like, oh, I'll get the license plate. So I was like trying to survive because I, I remember my friends that had gotten, ooh. As we say that there's a car accident in front of, of here, Kill Radio, we're going to skip ahead to, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, that's definitely rear-ending somebody there, and it looks like he's walked up to the other car, and they're going to work that out, I hope. But uh, anyway, getting getting back to this, this is almost the same way. Um, how many people in the in the car? You think? I think it was like six of them. So six guys what up to no good stealing yeah, what, a bike. In they the were just of looking that. for something. They couldn't have been looking for bikes because how would they? Yeah, they it? were just either they were coming back from doing something, or they were just out looking to do something. And we were easy targets. How did they get the bike with them? I mean, what did they? Say? The guy that took it from me, he yeah. he rolled off. He rolled off. Okay, right. And what like what was worst was that Kushtown. It was like twenty of them. They were behind us. Uh, like they were like seriously like five minutes behind us. Uh, and when they pulled up, when I was yeah. with the cops, they were like, "What happened?" I'm like, "I just I just got jacked." They're like, "Dude, we could we could see your lights from where we were at." Oh my god. What's Kushtown? Is that another? Ride? That's another right. Uh-huh. They they do it on Wednesdays. Would have been so satisfying if they had gotten there, and <laughs> but no. It's frustrating to hear it. So everybody always says, well, "What did you guys learn? Do you guys usually still take like the main streets coming home in the middle of the night, or do you take smaller streets?" I've I've literally had a choice between Venice and maybe coming back on. Not not so much Pico, but maybe Olympic or something, just to avoid the fact. And I know that it's safer with a bike lane, but I'm I'm remembering Viragosa had his accident on Venice. I remember people getting jacked on Venice. So now, let, let's just say I usually cut through neighborhoods as opposed to taking big streets now, maybe really late at night. Well, now what we do is just we ride in a bigger group. Ah. We organize... A big group to ride back from wherever we're riding. We're like, all right, who's going back to Mid City or K Town? Let's go. And we don't stay out that late anymore either. Okay, he, yeah, we'll your brother said he doesn't stay out that late. Yeah. Nah, we used to come back at like three in the morning, yeah. four. Now we come back at like one in the morning when there's still people out. Yeah. There's still foot traffic. I, I would even argue too that uh, let's let's be honest. The bars and liquor stores, this isn't they close it too here, but it seems that they filter for the next hour or two. There's a lot of more, uh, let's say, speakeasies that have opened up and, and stuff. So if you're coming back, um, luckily last night I got home, but it was like that sort of twilight thing. There were a lot of guys trying to run you off the road and, and I'm thinking Koreatown and there were drunk guys and, it, and it's the same kind of thing it's like what do you do you're by yourself they're kind of eyeing you and I, I I have this mystique about me it's it's it goes back to a friend of mine she was a, a female and she said she used to walk home through uh, the Lower East Side but she'd dress up like an old man to do it and it's a beautiful woman but she put the coat on, and she was an actress. And by the time you saw her a block away, you didn't know if she was a female, a male, or whatever. If she was, you know, packing heat or or whatever. And it was just silly. But you realize this is what people do to get around. And, so and it's, it's, like a, it's a sad commentary on our society when you have to sort of look like 
a disheveled human being to get home at night sometimes. But it it could be like the the stripes of like a, of a dangerous amphibian or snake that, that the, tells the. And now you sound like a science guy. <laughs> yeah, I like that. But uh, uh, bike culture uh, groups. Uh, re redefining what it means to be out at night and, and stuff, and you're reusing public space and things. Well, there's a call. Yeah, Frederick. Hey, good. You ready? Okay. So, you mind if we take a call here? We're going to take a call and, and got, uh, diverse uh, from this. The uh, director of the movie Bike, B I K E, and I just thought you could tell us a little bit about it, and then maybe we could play one of your uh, YouTube trailers. Oh, oh, thanks. Well, um, first, um, I, I, um, I produced the film. I wasn't the director. I was working uh, with um, Anthony Howard and um, Jacob Septimus, who um, were the, the directors of the movies. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I got that wrong. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so you produced this movie, and how did you come to the to it? How did it, how did it begin? Well, I um, I was uh, I was really um, uh, kind of inspired by what. Um, was going on with bicycle culture back in um, you know mid 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 two thousands. Um, uh, Critical Mass was um, you know had you know thousands of riders. It was happening every month. And um, uh, I don't know if you remember the RNC back in two thousand four. Oh um, yeah. The the police you know were coming down pretty hard on on you know bicycle culture, and it just seemed to be like a really good scene. And and um, this is um, in New Anthony, York. Yeah, New York. Yeah. Primarily in New York, that's you know where I live. And um, Anthony uh, Howard um, and I were, were um, actually <laughs> it's funny we were working on a project called Blue Valentine, which just came out this week um, with Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams. Uh, it's directed by um, Derek Cien France. We were working on a film. Uh, it was a narrative film. So and, you uh, you you made that, and it's just coming out. Well, I I, I, I developed it. I was uh, I was working on it. Um, you know, since 2002. And um, uh, I ended up uh, not producing it, but um, it was just you know in its infancy at the time. And Anthony was um, was actually uh, slated to to be in the lead of that. Um, and he came to me with this documentary called Bike. Um, he had been um, living at the Chicken Hut with um, uh, with Black Label Bike Club. Wait, 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 I'm sorry. The, what is it called? Black Label Bike Bike Club. Oh, I was in, I was more interested in the Chicken Hut. Uh, the chicken hut. That's um, it's just a it's kind of a collaborative living space in in um, in Brooklyn. Oh. Uh, the black, black label lives in. It's kind of, it's you know an art art space and studio space and living space. It's kind of communal, kind of a communal space. Um, and and, and what is building. black label? Black label bike club is um, is a group of um, you know under underground bicycle um, enthusiasts. That, um, the club actually started in in Minneapolis. Um, probably around 15, 20 years ago, and um, they're primarily artists. They they build um, a lot of um, what I call freak bikes, mutant bikes, which are um, uh, you know found objects, found bicycle parts. Um, uh, they can be chopper bikes or tall bikes or sidecar bikes. Um, but the bikes that they're primarily known for are, are tall bikes, and one of the things that they they're known for is, is tall bike jousting. And so that's um, how I, that's how I actually came to find out about you, you guys. Um, I was searching, googling for bike jousting because I, I don't, I don't even remember seeing it, but it seemed to me that it must exist. And I, 
I want it to. <laughs> well, once, once you've seen it, you'll never forget it. Um, and uh, so, I, and I hadn't seen anything like it before myself. I mean, I remember when I was like, when I was a kid, my brother and I used to like flip bikes and create create our own versions of tall bikes by, um, by you know, uh, turning them upside down and, and moving the, the, uh, the handlebars, flipping the handlebars, and then somehow just attaching the seat with, you know, just like kind of U-bolts, um, and like creating our own version of what Black Label does. But theirs are, are much more um, extreme in terms of the height. Yeah. Well, we have tall bikes in L.A., and, you know, to a few of them here. But I haven't seen the tall bike jousting here in L.A. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, tall bike, tall bike jousting is... Um, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty radical. I mean, I, I consider it m more of like kind of a performance art um, than um, than a sport. Um, you know, it usually uh, it usually takes place during during some sort of an event, um, musical event, or you know, some sort of holiday event. Um, and there's a lot of different clubs around um, that that do it. I mean, there's um, there's the Rapid Troll in Chicago and. Um, there's a cutthroat down in Philadelphia, um, and uh, you know, Zumbam is out in Portland. Um, so there's a lot of different um, different bicycle uh, clubs that like kind of fall within this you know, mutant bike culture. You know. Okay, so mutant bike culture. Mm -hmm. When did this idea uh, come about, or has it just been around? Well, yeah, I, I think it's just an evolution out of punk, punk rock, you know. Um, uh, it's the uh, the uh, you know, these clubs. That, you know, they you know, they you know, there's a lot of different subcultures within bicycle culture. Um, you know, whether it be BMX or Messenger, or, you know, Fixia, um, um, mountain biking, touring. Yeah, you know, mountain bike is just another subculture within cycle culture. Mm -hmm. So it's been around for a while. I, yeah, I think it's been around for a while. I think as long as, um, you know, as long as you have, uh, you know, art and music and and bicycle loving, you know, then, then you have bike, you know, mutant bike culture. You also have video games that your company, Fountainhead, makes, right? Well, you know, I was, um, I was inspired by some of the antics that I saw. You know, there's um, there's a lot of things that can be done with bicycles. Not, you know, there's racing and you know, um, BMX, you know, um, Ramp of Death, and um, Tall Bike Jousting, and um, the Dirty Mattress Obstacle Course. I mean, there's just so many um, different uh, games that could be played. And um, the um, the community seems so strong and, and, and positive um, that I felt like it was a good platform to try and launch a game company on. Mm -hmm. um, and I was lucky enough to to um, partner up with um, one of the producers of uh, Grand Theft Auto and Beatles Rock Band, and we created something that was, I think, pretty unique. Wow! So um, you, so the the people who brought us Grand Theft Auto are also bringing us bike jousting the video game. <laughs> I um yeah I'm pretty I'm pretty um proud of that fact that we were able to do a deal with um, some pretty talented people out here in. Uh, you know, in the game industry, which are, you know, become more and more um, DIY also, you know. I think that that's one of the exciting things about 
technology and what's happening today is that um, uh, you know pe people just have a lot more access to you know to new platforms that they didn't have before. Um, so is this a it's an app for the iPhone, right? Is it is it also a uh, like a PlayStation game? It's right now just an app for the iPhone. As as um, the idea is to is to create a demo version, um, and I've been speaking with. Um, uh, different game companies. I went to E3 last year, and it seemed to be well received. Um, you know, we've been in a bit of a economic crunch, um, so it's been hard to find um, investment for any kind of entertainment properties. But um, I think we have a little bit of a momentum, and I'm excited about you know potentially doing more games now that are embracing bicycle culture. Well. This sounds really cool, and I, I would like to. Uh, can we get some kind of a like a demo of that for our benefit on Saturday? Um, I can try and do that. We've been um, we've been uh, 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 trying to release a new version of it, and I only get promo codes. You know, every time I release a new version, um, it only costs a dollar ninety nine. Oh. And I can certainly send to you any kind of video um, support if you go to um, bikeclubgames.com. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a video section on there, and there's just a gang of videos that I can certainly upload for you guys to show during your um, event. Cool. Yeah, we got, I got to figure out how to do it, because you can't just have, like, an iPhone out there for everybody to pass around. There's, um... Unless you put it on uh, the screen. I can, I can look and see. There is, a, there is a way that you can output from, like, an, I, I, from an iPhone or an I, uh, iTouch to... Uh, to show video, mm -hmm. but I have to um, I have to look into that. Um, I could probably dig around and see if I can find a unit to send to you. And the only issue is that I'm getting on a plane to Haiti tomorrow at 6 a.m. What are you um, doing in Haiti? I'm I'm working with um, with Swoon and Ben Wolf on a project out in Bigonet, which is um, uh, a uh, a community center and homes. Um, that they're building for, um, you know, people that, you know, basically were, you know, found themselves homeless after the earthquake last year. And um, so we're shooting a benefit for that and um, uh, a memorial service on the 12th um, just, uh, wow. about the earthquake. Um, well, you're doing a lot of stuff. You're very, very active. I'm trying to stay busy. All right. Well, um, we're going to show your movie um, on uh, the benefit, which is next Saturday, okay. and cool. I don't know if we're going to show the whole thing, but we're going to show at least some of it, get people an idea of what it's about. And, yeah, that's uh, cool. Would you like to, to direct us to a YouTube uh, trailer? Like, with, um, you sent me. You sent yeah, me. sure. I mean, if you go to um, uh, if you go to um, I got part one. dot com. Uh -huh. Uh, there's a, a link on fountainhead.com that'll take you to our YouTube um, uh, our YouTube um, there's channel. 12 parts uh, fountainhead.com there's a, a YouTube link that'll take you to our to a bike trailer okay and then there's also a website um, bikethemovie.com uh -huh. and uh, there's uh, there's a trailer on there actually the first 15 minutes of the film are on there as well um and, uh, yeah, that's probably the best place, actually. Like the movie.com. You gave me a word of, of warning. 
with your... Uh, yeah, work. you know, um, the film... Uh, the film is, um, is, is not so much about bicycle culture as it is about how people define themselves um, by excluding others. Um, the... Um, a lot of people that are in bicycle culture are not big fans of the movie because you know bicycle culture in a lot of cases has a lot to do with um, uh, independent uh, thinking and personal like um, goals and uh, you know uh, ecology and things like that. Um, Black Label Bike Club is, is known for its um, it's, you know, kind of partying and medieval antics. Um, it's not uh, necessarily a, a bicycle club like most people would, would think a bicycle club is. Um, it's more of a family. And so, um, and the film is, uh, is really less of a documentary and more of kind of like a personal journey of the director trying to become a member of the club. and. Um, so there's, you know, I've gotten some some negative feedback from the film, from the bicycle community. What would they but say? it does make you think, and what? it does create a, a dialogue, and, um, you know, I'm happy that people are seeing it. Um, what, what, um, okay. Well, we'll just, uh, is there a good part to play for audio? Like a part that'll have a lot of audio in it? Well, hey, you know, we have some great tracks in there from Japanther and Lightning Bolt and The Deers and Broken Social Scene, um, uh, Rashangol and Kirk, uh, The Panthers. Um, the soundtrack is just, you know, amazing. Well, um, okay, so that'd be cool. And But is there like a, like interviews like section where people are talking? There's, um, the, you know, interestingly enough, there's 40 minutes of behind-the-scenes deleted scenes, you know, deleted um, scenes that never made it into the movie. And some of that stuff is pretty in interesting. There's an um, interview with um, with Jake uh, Septimus, who's one of the directors. There's an interview with uh, Johnny Payphone from um, Reptral. Uh, there's some jousting that happened in... Um, uh, in Minneapolis, uh, so you might want to just play some of those tracks. Okay, we'll, we'll look for it. And, yeah, and, and I think that, I think if you just played the first fifteen minutes, you know, people would get it. You know. Okay. So. Okay, great. We'll um, we'll do that. And so. Well, I really appreciate you guys, you know, looking us up and giving us the opportunity to talk to you. It's really, um, of course, yeah. Uh, and thank thank you for the movie. We're gonna play it. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, what does B I K E stand for? Uh, it, you know what? It doesn't stand for anything, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, we, you know, we were, like, wrestling with, like, finding, like, some sort of, like, anagram for it. We had a couple of names for the movie. Um, it's uh, it's more just a graphic approach. Okay, so the, yeah, because it has a period between each letter. Well, um, cool. Stay in touch, and, um, you know, uh, uh, you're doing some interesting stuff, so I'd like to keep watching. Um, yeah, come up. certainly. And I'll um, I'll try and upload some um, some videos for you that um, if you wanted to play about the game, I can, you can uh, cool. Uh, that would be great. All right. So this is Frederick King, Fountainhead.com, BikeClubGames.com, and the movie B I K E. Thanks a lot, Frederick. Cool. All right. All right. Okay. Have a good day. Bye. Well, do you guys want to see a little part of the movie? 
Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I can think of bikes in Koreatown experiment for BIKE. Maybe we should have people call in and tell us what BIKE really stands for. Uh, bikes in uh, Koreatown. <laughs> um, energetically. So here's the logo coming up. We already played some of this. Let me skip a little forward. So it says Fountainhead. I wonder if they had a, a, a link with uh, the idea of uh, Anne Rand or, or something. I get back to the political kind of thing. So we're watching Bikes in Flame. This this reminds me, I think this image was used in uh, the Bike Film Festival. And this looks like critical mass. And I was... More to do with New York than it does with, uh, I think, BIKE. Yeah, it does say critical mass there, too. It's funny because our critical mass, the police have come out in force, but they're not necessarily doing the same things they're doing in New York. And I, I, I would argue that somebody like Janet, uh, what is it, Sadiq Khan, who, who is running some of the bike programs there, is has seen the need for infrastructure, whereas here they're still sort of, they're using enforcement, but they're only now getting infrastructure on places like the river. And I would question my guys, how many, how many times have you taken that river route on one of your rides? Uh, actually, like twice. Oh, so they have ridden it twice. This is great because uh, I, I think you're probably a rare group that's actually taking the, the ride, the river ride to do stuff. Kushan has done it more than us. I've been to like with them five times in the river pack. Well, there you go. And they love doing it, he says. That's, that's pretty fantastic. Okay, we're going to get back to bike the movie. That's amazing to me when a guy in a car, I'm kind of impressed actually. Like he's surrounded by hundreds of people on bikes and he'll, and he'll insult them. And I've seen it on Critical Mass or otherwise. Now in, in bike, we're seeing some of the bike riders, the police have met up with them, and in fact, they are fighting them. I, w I wonder if this was from the RNC, though. Free representative government. Did they ever get pulled out of their cars? People who do that on riots, have you ever seen no. that? Yeah. Well, there was one time, it was critical mass. It was critical mass, and they took it through... Um, Oil hikes and a car. He sees everybody passing. Right he doesn't want to stop. He starts honking, honks, honks, honks. And we're telling him, just calm down, calm down. We're like, all right, calm down. So we, some of us, try to stop the group and just let him through. And then he just got all aggressive and he he tapped the girl. And like the guys that weren't gonna take that, and they started screaming stuff at him. So he gets out his car and he got a wrench with him. Oh, that's Bad a idea. It was <laughs> it was hundreds of us there. Wow. And then this one big like gangster looking guy comes out of nowhere, jumps over his car and just kicks him in the face. He was like knocked out right then. He just yeah. they jumped him and they're like his his wife or girlfriend was in the car and she even said it. She even had that look like I told you, don't get out of the car. 
Well, that's another piece of group behavior that I really don't understand is, like, after somebody's already down, you know, when you're kicking them and stuff, that I've never really understood the reason behind. I guess there's something, you know, and don't ever mess with us again involved with that. But um, there's a lot of confrontation on these on these rides. Mm-hmm. Yep. But... Well, when I encounter a like nasty driver, I usually just laugh it off. I try to like fight it with laughter, try to calm them down. It sometimes doesn't even work. They're like so aggressive. I don't know why they just want to kill you or something. Yeah, uh, that, that's a good way to do it. Um, relieve the situation with a little humor. I, I think that's it's commendable as a, as opposed to. You know, confronting violence is more violence, which just leads to more violence and stuff. So this is Johnny Payphone here from Chicago talking about some of the bike jousting. Um, you want to listen to a little bit of it and see what he says? Looks interesting. You don't know about... This shit is hardcore. It's not just another commercialized MTV fact. This shit ain't Disneyland. This is not some shit for, you know, Williamsburg hipsters to collect and, you know, get the rocks off. We are the only real... I, I think it is something that Williamsburg hipsters do. By <laughs> the city that we ride in, our bikes are illegal and we've been outlawed by other outlaw clubs. Black Label is not for the media. It's not for strangers. It's not for the rest of the fucking world. This is ours. This is a family that we built because we needed it. Uh, comment, thoughts? Anybody? So far, should I keep playing? Seeing those guys with their vests, it reminds me a lot of Mon Wright, how they have their patched vests. I'm worried about his mic. Oh, oh. Uh, we're we're going to let him use this mic here. This mic is, is fading out. Say that again. Yeah, I was watching the trailer and I saw some of those people wearing vests with patch on, patches on them, like representing their group. And I said it reminds me a lot of Mom Right, where they have their patches and they're always together. Huh. Like, that's so they're like a, a family. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would argue it's more family with the Mom Riders than it is like confrontation. I mean, they look like I think it's more like sight reference. You see them and you think, oh. Hell's Angels, and then you realize once you get to talk to them, it's like, dude, it's a marijuana leaf. Yeah, <laughs> How violent can that they, be? But I don't think these guys on the video are, conf- are about confrontation either. No, I don't think so either. We didn't see anything yet. I, I think the reason they're equated with that is because everybody always thinks, oh, black level. Oh, weren't they at that critical mass that all the cops came out and beat people up at? And I think that's the association we're that we're trying to get away with. They were? Yeah. There was a lot of people at all these different things. But I, I think now... With the advent of this film, and there was a book out called uh, Bike Gangs in New York that uh, had an accompanying video with it. Uh, those images are are now equated more with bike culture, bike jousting, bike bike infrastructure and stuff. And I, I personally th- think of them being not not gangs of New York. I, I really hate that because it equates me with you know Scorsese and all that other stuff, and it's just the opposite. I think these things are just. You you could say gang, but it just gang brings up like you know gang bang bad counter. Yes, say that again. 
brings up bad connotations. Yeah, I, I think so, and I think that that's what the bike community is trying to get away from. The idea of of like I'd rather see. I mean, I know it's all male oriented, sweaty guys, but eventually you do see women on these rides, and I think that's the idea. Women and kids are going to sell this this idea. You you have girls and kids on your ride. We've had girls, probably three of them come back because. Like when we started the ride, it was pretty challenging, and a lot of girls didn't didn't like that, so they never came back. So there's like probably three girls that I could think of right now, mm-hmm. including one of the leaders that has been there for like every ride. Yeah, and in fact, that girl last night, she's she's a formidable rider that I've seen on a number of of, of things that. Uh, who who is this? I, I does forgot, she have a handle? I, like an I forgot name. her name. Do you remember her name? They call her Bunny or. Oh, okay, Bunny. I know Bunny, and it was really funny because she was saying, oh, "How far do you have to go?" And I go in Koreatown, and they were, they were looking at her. And she goes, "Just because I'm Asian doesn't mean I live in Koreatown." And I said, "Yeah, <laughs> me too. I'm." <laughs> right. Um, Koreatown is diverse. It is, and and in fact, the Kill Radio Studio is located on the fringe here of Koreatown. I, I don't think Koreatown is is a fringe, but there's. It's just expanded. I remember when it was three blocks and uh, you know past Olympic, and now it's everywhere. So. This is my former student, student Eric Ochoa, entering. And perhaps he, he has some news about the coaster break challenge that's going on. Does he? Hey. Well, we're gonna let him breathe for a second. Maybe you could show another clip of Bike the Movie after talking to the producer. So we have a little musical interlude. I, I'm going to pose a question to the guys from the Mix Fix. Uh, where, where do you want to see bike culture go? It's the new year. It's like a New Year's resolution. Where would you like to see it? Do you want to see more leniency with cops? Do you want to see more more people that are enjoying your ride? Is it more about fun? I mean, wh- what do you want to see coming up in the year? More more potholes replaced? I mean, you name it. Is it is it about infrastructure? Or is it about I would like to see more infrastructure because, I mean, when you set an infrastructure, then cops have to work with you. Right now, they see me down the street. They see it like, oh, I could hassle this kid because there's no bike lane. There's nothing that says I have to be on the road. Half of them, they don't even know that I, I have to be on the road and not on the sidewalk. I've had cops tell me, ride on the sidewalk. I'm like, no, I have to ride on the road. And they, they get all aggressive with me. You want a ticket or something? That's what we're doing. Right like, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to be I, I know messed up with you guys. It's just that's the law. I mean, you guys are enforcing the law. You should know it. Eric, ask Eric the same question. Uh, okay, we're going to ask Eric the same question. He just walked in with the cool-ass Lucky Charm shirt. Here we go. Um, basically, I would just like to see um, more friendliness between motorists and cyclists. Um, you know, in Europe, it's much more of a 
uh, a common thing, you know. It's friendlier over there, unlike here. Well, especially because it's L.A. and there's traffic and everything. Everybody seems ticked off when they're in their cars. So basically, I would just like to see motorists and cyclists be more friendly towards each other. We have a follow-up from the from the mix fixed here. Yeah, yeah. We need to change LA's um, catchphrase. What is it? The, our motto, the like car culture or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. We always think of LA being the car capital. I would even argue that somebody like Obama, who keeps comparing the economy to a car, I've said this like in the weeks past, but he really has to restructure that. If if he compares the economy to a bicycle, even if the bicycle breaks down, he can fix a bicycle. Whereas Fixing cars, as we all know, takes a little more time. You know what I mean? Like right here, everybody in LA, I've had people tell me, like, why you ride a bike? I'm like, well, because I'm just going two blocks down the street. I'm like, why you gotta ride your car two blocks down the street? You could walk. They're like, no, this is LA. You gotta have a car. Everybody tells me, you have to have a car in LA to get around. I'm like, I do it on a bike. Uh, nobody walks in L.A. That was a bad uh, uh, missing persons. And I, I, having worked with Terry Bozio and and his wife, uh, I have to really, Nikki, I have to really remind you that it's it's not about walking. It's about getting from point A to B. And as I say that, the car, we've, we've fed so much money into car culture here that I'm, I'm looking now at how traffic happens. There was, as you heard uh, on the air, an accident here. And literally this car, it's, it's still there. He hasn't figured out that he's waiting for the police and instead of waiting for police in the, in the driveway that's maybe a block away or, or pushing it off the road into one of the designated parking places. No, it's still sitting in the same place because it's, it's, it's like this idea that it's like, oh, I can't move it because if I move it, then I won't get my insurance back from this and they'll say I, I, I changed the, veneer of the accident site and I, i'm thinking of all these different things it was like i heard somebody the other day comment about how bike culture needs to be regulated they need to have licenses they need to have all these things enforced and i'm thinking well, what they want to do is to basically make it like car culture which sort of restricts you to the fact that there's no freedom you have to sort of drive this way that way and then if you break these laws it's a you know a large ticket that your rates go up you're in LA anymore. That was, that was scrapped, right? Yeah, the license in LA was scrapped because they found out, uh, like he's saying, there was more harassment by the police to enforce the license than it was to actually enforce any kind of structure of safety, which is what the, I think the license was made for. That and the idea that if you got your bike stolen, they could trace it back, but the police very rarely trace anything through these licenses. And I, I, I say that with the idea that I'm sure there's a few that are, but it, it seems like it's more uh, a template to just say, hey, now that I've stopped you for your license, well, what about those lights? That that tire looks out of it and stuff. And I'm hearing a, an agreement from some of the people here in this culture. Well, we've covered two of the people here asking where they want to see bike culture. Let's see about the third one. This is your brother. You, here, you should interview your brother. Ask him the question. So what do you want to see in bike culture in L.A.? Definitely more respect. I see a lot of drivers, they have no respect for cyclists. Like They think it's fun to, let's say, throw stuff at them, honk at them. There's really no respect from some drivers. And you just got to change that. Like 
we're on the street too. Most of us don't do anything to mess with drivers, so I don't understand why they like messing with us. Yeah, we don't go around with our U-locks. I mean, we don't go around with our U-locks hitting people's windows, telling them get out of the street. I mean, why should I get honked at? And I think I would argue that you guys have part of the solution to some of the energy demands here. You're not using gasoline, let your, yet you're meeting socially on the weekends, having fun, uh, supporting commerce, supporting culture, whether, whether it be something like bands or, or fashion or something. You're, you're still engaging with the community in that respect. I, I think LA is so starved for public space that, People forget that public space doesn't have to be acquiesced or, or accessed through the diesel engine all the time. I mean, you can ride your bike to these venues. You can get around without doing that. And, and in fact, I, I've seen taco trucks and all these other things or, or venues mobbed by riders that are hungry. So I would say that they're their own economic force. And that being said, tonight, this is my little lead-in to tonight's uh, ride about social kind of interaction. If you want to see this in action tonight, we're doing the uh, spoken art ride in uh, Northeast Los Angeles, where we're going to go to five art galleries. So um, the bike culture does not leave, live on uh, gear ratios and things alone. Yeah, I'm, uh, Nick is saying this without the mic. He's saying that's a great ride. We're going to go to five different culture uh, art galleries, and you you'll get to see on your own how how we move 200 people without gasoline tonight. Well, he's saying promote it for next time. If you're listening to this on a podcast or something and you missed the ride tonight, uh, second Saturday of the month we do that. And, in fact, you can see uh, all our rides either on uh, uh, Flying Pigeon LA or they're posted there or at thebikeoven.com, our website. Does this work? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Eric, you, you've done race reports for us. You did Amgen and something else, right? Yeah. Um, the 2011 season is getting underway. January 18th starts the Tour Down Under in Australia. Um, a lot of people are expecting a whole lot from this year's race, um, mainly due in part because um, mostly all the top sprinters are going to be there. Um, defending champion Andre Greipo, it's going to be real interesting to see him. He's on a new team. He he left HTC Columbia because of a rivalry he had with Mark Cavendish. So that I, I'm really psyched to see that because I've just been waiting for Andre to switch teams and you know really go up with Mark Cavendish in a sprint. I'm confident he's gonna you know get some stages. Hopefully win the overall again. For the Americans, Tyler Farah is gonna be there. He's beaten Cavendish as well. He's beaten Greipel. Quickstep is bringing two sprinters. Francesco Kiki and Girl Chilek, two fabulous sprinters. Kiki has beaten Cavendish before. Um, Saxo Bank has three cards to play. They have the Hiato brothers and former Down Under champion Stuart O'Grady. Um, most, most people think the Tour Down Under has a boring race, mostly in due part because it's a flat race. Usually the, the interesting thing gets down to like the last meters or so because of the sprints but um i i see that they're trying to add some 
and climb to this year's this year's race might be interesting might be the same we don't know until we find out so once again tour down under it's, it's just going to be a great race down to the 200 meter sprinters going all like all out all the time also the day the day before on the 17th the tour de san luis in argentina is going to start off too giro d'italia champion ivan basso is going to be there you know hope to see some great things from him but right now it's the tour down under New Zealand and Australia are having their national championships. And the Jayco Bay Cycling Classics just finished. Matt Goss won the overall. Sutton, I'm not sure if he was there, but he wasn't able to defend his title. Question. Yeah, I have a question. Tyler Farrow just came off, I, I think, winning a couple of stages off the Welta. Yeah, he um, won. I, I forget. He won two stages. I know he yeah. won the, the last one. Yeah, he was he was up against. Uh, it, it was like you say the sprinters and stuff. But I'm wondering how much the environment they've been having a lot of flooding. Is this in a different section of Australia? It isn't like water logs or something. Or, or well, I'm what? not sure. All I know right now is it's summer in Australia. Yeah, it is summer, but it was yeah. like I said the the floods and stuff. Well, I'm not sure. I haven't been hearing much about flooding or anything. No. Yeah, I'm sure they're pumping it out by hand if they have um, to. to get I'm pretty this sure race you know race organizers want you know the course to be as good as possible. You know for the riders to. So, so one of the big things from last year, uh, because it is the new year, we, we heard a lot about doping, about alleged doping in the past. Yeah. Stuff. There's a um, lot of riders that were, uh, they were banned, but this year, I guess it's been past their ban. So well, we're going to see yeah, more think, of like, uh, Rick, Ricardo's back or? Ricardo Rico, yeah. He yeah, he's going to be back. And, yeah. And there'll be some other kids. And I say kids because they're not like th- over 25 or something that are back in, Racing again, which sounds pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, um, you know, Liquid Gas has their sensations, Peter Sagan, and um, he's 20. I think he's going to be 21 this year. Uh, he he had a phenomenal rookie season. He won three stages at the Amgen Tour, California. He led Perry Nice, I believe, for a while. And, you know, he really surprised, I think, everybody at the Tour Down Under last year when he was in the breakaway with Lance Armstrong. HCC Columbia is... Um, a great team that who knows how to spot young talent. They're always, you know, um, getting young guys and developing them for later on. Um, this year, Garmin has Andrew Talansky. Yeah. He's 22. I mean, I think teams right now are really focusing on finding young talent to, you know, um, groom them so they could be, you know, maybe future Tour de France winners. We've seen that a lot with Andy Schleck. He's still in, like, his mid-20s or so and he's got a really him and his brother are just it was so funny it was like he says well i'm riding for my brother and then his brother was sort of like kicked out because he drank late one night and yeah. I, I was i was arguing with somebody it's like he's 21 what do you expect him to do go yeah out and, like, I, I, and i was really know, hoping i'm going to see the theater and then go home and sleep tonight it's yeah. like, dude, i was 21. really hoping for french like to win the welta but i mean of course it, it showed in the tour that andy couldn't win it because his brother wasn't there because of injury, and I guess it was the same thing for Frank at the Vuelta. He couldn't win because Andy wasn't there. So, uh, well, I think the brothers are going to work together. And speaking of that, we have two brothers here. How are you guys going to be working out in the year to come? I mean, you're not racing, but you're you're doing your ride. Do you ever like just? I mean, you must see each other occasionally, being brothers and, and <laughs> going to school. Do you ever? I mean, how is it riding with your brother? Do you ever think about that? It's like, hey, this is my brother or something. Oh, not really. I just, we just ride. 
yeah, used, some, to, you're used to him being there. Yeah, I'm just so used to him being there. Sometimes I look for him, like, when he takes his BMX to see if I'm pushing the pace or something. Because if he's not keeping up, mm-hmm. just other yeah. riders aren't for sure got dropped already. Uh-huh. So, so he's a gauge. Yeah. Your, your brother's a gauge. And how do you feel about, like, being the gauge, huh? I just show up to the right, make sure everyone's still there. Right. Now, now I, this is totally different from what we were talking about, but one, one thing I've noticed is you guys go to school at Cal State. Do you ride your bikes out there? Northridge. Or, or Northridge. How, how do you get out to Northridge? Well, I take early classes, so I don't like being sweaty in class. So I usually just take the metro, the subway, and then the orange line, and I'll ride from the orange line stop at Reseda. I'll just ride up to Northridge, which is like three miles or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then on the way back, I'll ride sometimes from CSUN all the way to the Red Line Station, which is, I think, 12 miles. Or I'll just uh. bike back home. That's a, this is a ride to make. How many times a week do you do it? Well, do it four times a week. That's insane. That's like 50 miles you're doing. Just for your education. Yeah, That's pretty yeah. cool. And then I still go do, like, Taco Tuesday at night. I'll go to <laughs> Cushtown. And then people ask me, like, wait, how come, like, because I'm chunky. You get me? Like, I got a gut. And they're like, dude, how can you hang with Wolfpack or something? I'm like, it's because I ride every day. I just don't ride on the weekend. I'm like, just ride every day. You'll, you'll get your legs up to speed, uh-huh. even if you got the extra pounds on you. Yeah, like with Wolfpack, I can't be in the front pack, mm. but I could still hang. I so, mean, I, yeah. I, if you look at me right here, you'd probably say, oh, that kid can't hang with Wolfpack. But it's not until you see me in the saddle, you're like, oh. Sh-. <laughs> well, so tell us a little about Wolfpack, because it's always brought up as like, ooh, Wolfpack. You know, like that that's the hairy ride. Yeah. So yeah, it took me a year to come out to Wolfpack from like the, just the stories that I heard. Like they'll drop you on the first three three yeah. blocks and like that's it. They're not stopping for you. You better catch up. If you can't, go home. Yeah, and it's pretty much like that. Just hang in yeah. there, catch but somebody's then, draft and and spin. Uh, try to keep up with them. I mean, it's it's not a race. If you try to race those guys. Mm-hmm. You won't last three blocks if you're trying to race them. If mm. you're just trying to keep up with them, you'll you'll build up the the mm-hmm. strength to keep up with them to actually finish the ride. But there's like a uh, you said there's like different pa- like groups. Yeah, there's within like it. different packs. Uh-huh. There's like the A and the B. The A and the B, and uh-huh. I think that now there's a C group. I don't know. Huh? Because we, I mean, we have we have some um, you know top level riders in the area. Any of them? Um, compete in the the state championships or anything like that at Wolfpack? You got any, like, champion well, racers? The, or the time I went, there were two guys with the California state championship jersey. So hmm. I was like, I mean, I'm not going to compete with them. Right. I mean, that, that's their job. That's what they do they're for a living. They're not just riding right? to school. They're, they're, not, they're not just riding to have fun. Where are you going to school, Eric? Santa Monica. Santa Monica. You ever ride down there? I haven't. I take the bus. So once again, because he was off mic, where are you going to school? 
No, I'm going to Santa Monica. To get there, I take the bus. Cool. You ever throw your bike on the bus? No. Okay. <laughs> you still riding that bike that that uh, Larry Hoffman gave you? I need to get it fixed. You haven't gotten that fixed yet. I haven't. It's been two years. Oh, wait a minute. What's wrong with it? Uh, What's wrong with it? The brakes, I believe, are screwed and the the tubes are popped. The tubes are popped? <laughs> what size tubes? I got no idea. What happened? You just don't like that bike. No, I do. The thing is, it's money that's a problem. I mean, college, I've been paying everything. You know, I haven't been getting financial aid and anything. So if I if I waste the money to fix it, that's just going to be something else I could use for it. You know, whether it be the bus, food, books, that kind of stuff. Right. They got them patches, too, I, you know. I'm going to take this opportunity to say that uh, we're we're going to, I think, Start a new program over at the bike oven. If you bring your bike in, we'll see about fixing it for you and making like one of our, not so much our hardship case because that sounds just so demeaning, but maybe you can represent the fact that we'll stick a sticker and you can say, I got my bike fixed with some sort of pledge to ride it program through the bike oven, okay? We'll see about, we'll, we'll make some arrangements with you off, offline, off mic, okay? Is it a fixed gear? It's a single speed mountain uh-huh. bike. Uh-huh. Um, a while back, I, I got a friend who said he, he was going to fix it. Mm-hmm. Guy just kept me waiting the whole day for him. And then until he called me, he just called me. He's like, are you home? I'm like, yeah. And then I forget what else he said, but the guy never came up. And mm-hmm. he's never mentioned the fact about fixing it. So I'm all like, you know, screw this guy. He's not going to do it. Well, okay. So, yeah, we need to make some progress on that. Yeah. I think. All right. Well, um, you guys want to watch some more of this movie? We could get the whole bike culture thing going on. But do you think you could really get in close with you guys and we really could see what's going on with these guys? I mean, I'm already in with these guys. The guys that are in the club, like a lot of them, I was good friends with before the club even came to New York. Years before the club ever came to New York, they were like, well, freaking people, so, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm already part of the culture. So what do you have to do next? You know, build a couple bikes, joust a couple jowls, boom, I'm in. I think we have to have an initiation joust here at Kill Radio for Bike Talk. You just can't come in and talk on the show from now on. We we have to figure out some sort of gauntlet up the stairs or something here. You know, so you have to describe what we're seeing here. Well, we're we're they're under the BQE. Is that it? The BQE Brooklyn. What is it? Express or something? They're underneath one of the the things here on tall bikes, and they're they have their. I, I, what do they call those things? Lances, but they're heavily whatever. And we're seeing Allison and Christina. Oh, she, but it's all with K's, so it's like you know, like America with a K or something. So it, it they're going up against each other. They're hot. They look hot. These girls look hot. Now I sound like I'm doing porn or something. No, these girls are are are. Uh, let's just say they're they're all equipped and they're. Uh, they're fighting each other, and we're listening to them. 
And now here's the guy, Bez. You just want to, like, you know, stop, you know, stick Everybody, get it down! So I think this is where Ben gets into the club because he's joust with Tony, who's the established member of uh, the Black Little. I, we actually have seen some bike jousting here in Los Angeles. At uh, I think it's the Battle Royale over at uh, Chapacabras, which is something local here that we always uh, sort of talk about. But uh, I know Paul from Atomic Cycles is not only doing that, but he also organizes a lot of events, including the, as mentioned before, Coastal Break Break this this. Uh, that's going on tomorrow. So uh, along with uh, jousting, he also is a venue that's uh, sponsored some uh, racing, including this one, which is uh, mountain bike racing with just the single gear and the coaster breakthrough through the different sections. If you want to know more, you can always check it out at his site, atomiccycles.com. Is that right? It's a com, not an org. You guys ever do any kind of other... Events unrelated. I, I just, just got to say that my mom just texted, huh. emailed me saying that we're doing a good show right now. Really? Yeah, it's varied. She's is that is that your like, gauge? Your mom's your gauge? Um, <laughs> can be. Yeah, various. There's there's an index. Of Hi, mom. Different factors, but mom's one of them. Yeah. Now I'm wondering, do you think mom could get out here and do some bike jousting? Huh? Uh, I, I think I could think take your mom on. Side unseen, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that. No, but we, we talk about this. It's not a, it's not, we, we look at bike culture as being like very competitive in some areas. As we heard today, there's all sorts of races and stuff, but I'd like to think that the real culture uh, exists in things like, uh, uh, getting people out on a bike to ride to school, like you guys are doing, and I commend you. And while, everybody thinks you can ride all the way. There's some days I don't even want to ride my bike. Like today I got up and it was like, oh, I'm still hurting from the fact that I basically sort of trunged my way back to get on semi. You know, you get to a point where I've, I've just filled up these tires so many times, it's just sick of pumping. So you just sort of ride flat tires for a block or two and just sort of contend yourself that you can't find it and you, you sort of gave up on it. But um, it's getting to that point a to b sometimes and getting there with fun i i know i had fun so we got like five minutes left or something can we uh, can we um talk about the benefit and how excited we are about it yeah um do i sound excited i don't know <laughs> no we really are excited we're gonna have all sorts of uh, fun going on including we're gonna show bike the movie and and um well where's the flyer oh we have uh Arisha from the LACBC and uh, her husband Summer are going to be performing cello and violin for in Telematique. which I've seen on many occasions. They're they're a class act, man. And we have all the bike art that was at the Pedals and Prints uh, show at uh, Crew West. It's um, you should check it out. Curated by Two Rabbit Studios. And of course, this is a Vlad the retailer who has all sorts of weird, unique, one of a kind items that you you're going to want to own. Oh yeah, really great yeah. stuff. Um, and, and whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Yeah. You do this on your own, <laughs> and grilled cheese sandwiches as well. Yeah. Do you know Josh Hagland? 
Yeah, he has he ever brought grilled cheese to your ride? He's never. Uh, no, he he hasn't. He I'm. All right, does that upset? Does that bother you? No, it doesn't. Oh, okay. Have you have you had one of his grilled cheese sandwiches? Yeah. Yeah. How was it? The grilled cheese is awesome. I don't know. I think it, I really didn't feel it. I think it was because I had it after the century, right? Uh-huh. We got home, and it was three of us that still went to family that night. So we ended up wow. doing you did the century ride more. and then another group ride. Yeah, we got home. Wow. I got home at like six in the morning because I was waiting for some people to get picked up. Mm-hmm. Went to sleep, woke up, went to another ride. What is that? What is the compulsion there? Is it like an addiction or? I guess. I don't know. It's good for you though. People saw me at the ride and they were like, hey, what the hell are you (laughs) doing here? Didn't you guys just do it Sentry? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. They're like, how are you you riding? I'm like, I don't even know. Wow. But then it hit me until the way back on La Brea, Uh like one of those hills. I hit the wall hard right there. I didn't want to see my bike anymore. Uh But I mean, a century, like I've never done a century. I did a 50 mile ride and everybody was really impressed with that. Can, can you describe the physical sensation? I mean, when you hit a wall, is it your legs just give out? Or yeah, your legs just give out. You you feel like you're going to throw up. You're just, basically your body shuts down, starts shutting down. You just, your your brain is telling your legs to move, but your legs aren't moving. So... Okay, we, we've gotten to the point where your legs and everything took down. But you're here. How did you get out of this situation? Tell us how you got out of this. What, what was the first thing you did? Did you get water? Did you get sugar? What did you do? A we, banana? I had, I had sugar. We went to the, um, what was it? I think an Arco or something. Oh. I ran in there. I grabbed the Monster and candy. I just, that was the best sugar of my life. Oh. I felt it rush through my body. You woke up and you you basically just hit hit the sugar jolly section of the store. So what what kind of sugar was it? A, a three musketeer or what was it? No, I think it was some those apple rings. The, I don't know. Apple rings. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Well, I I would argue that we've hit upon something. What do you guys usually eat before you ride? I mean, you don't get a big dinner or something. I mean, or maybe you do. Tell me. Tell me. How? What kind of nutrition you have? What kind of food do you eat? Well, basically, be- before my ride, I usually start loading up on liquids because I don't like stopping every five miles. I usually make people ride 12 miles before we stop for the first time. And a lot of people aren't used to that. They're used to just a three-mile commute, and they're like, oh, I need water. So, so I start loading up on liquids and stuff and just snacks. And then food. Food, I... Just whatever's at home, whatever my mom cooked that day, I'll eat it in like small portions. Okay. So uh, I just got another good review text. Oh, okay. Heather. Is it is it all about talking about the text today? Uh-huh. What do you, what do you eat when you ride, but, Nick? Oh, uh, I haven't really thought about it that much. You don't uh, think about? It? Maybe we should do a show about food. Here. Oh. Here we go. We're hearing granola in the background. Uh, we're going to pass it once again to our intern here. Here he is. No, it's just um, I had Nick as a teacher in high school, and I would always see him in the morning with his oatmeal, so I'd assume that's what he would eat. 
I, yeah, you know, I would if it, if, you know, oatmeal takes a little time to, to make, so sometimes I don't actually make it. I, I, okay, so like cereal with bananas for breakfast. I also heard typical. I also heard you would put eggs in your oatmeal. No. Well, who did you, who told you that? I heard from school. No, I mean, but but that's actually a good thing. There's actual cyclists who actually do that. Huh? Just put it all together. Everything you're gonna I, eat. I heard it was green eggs and ham, and he's saying it's all it's all uh, scrambled all together. He says, okay. "Don't knock until you try it." It's here. all going the same place. Um, I'm trying to remember what I had today. I, I know that there's there's some people I uh, I used to joke about when they did feel my legs that Jack would show up and I go what what'd you eat today Jack and he go uh, you know because he's he doesn't eat he's like a vegan so there's no like milk or or dairy or anything in it and he goes I had I had cigarettes and coffee this morning you know and it, it, yeah we're all laughing here but it's like dude there's some people I mean I'm sure the rest of the time he's like. Nutritious and stuff. I, I know this morning I I had the the coffee and the the English um, muffin with some uh, schmear of uh, of uh, peanut butter. So I guess I was getting my protein. You're another person who does stuff. ride after ride after ride, or do you do it on consecutive I, days? I, I yeah, it's like I'm trying to break it up a little because it's let's face it. If you if you got a work schedule or something, sometimes. Um, I'm the first one to tell you I'll ju- I'll jump on a on the the train sometimes if it's going the right way. But that's the thing; it's never going the right way, and it's never there. So it's like, oh shit, am I going to wait around another 15 minutes? I could be there by now, which is like people think 15 minutes, and it's like sometimes 15 minutes when you're doing a story is the difference between getting there and getting the story out to like, uh, uh, I'll get to it tomorrow, which is sort of destroys the deadline that you got. So. We have w- one minute left. One minute left. So uh, you what? said you're going to bring a ride to the um, benefit, Adrian. So I'm I'm counting on you for that. All right. Yeah. We we talked to uh, Matthew Moore uh, last night. He does the L.A. Critical Mass ride. He says he's bringing up a ride. Uh, cool ass Mike said that he's bringing some people. Um, Carlos Morales of the East Side Voice mm-hmm. uh, said he's going to bring some people, but I have to confirm with him. So this could be got to get a bigger space. We need a bigger... It's a tiny space, so I don't know how that's going to work, but I'm not worried about it. We have um, beer and... Um, what time is it? Grilled cheese sandwiches. It's uh, 7.30 p.m. Vlad the Retailers at 4355 Melrose. That's right next to Orange 20 Bikes at Heliotrope and Melrose. Yeah. And it's uh, the 15th. It's funny because I went on the F ride last night with X ray and stuff, and he was happy to see me after, you know, and then the bike broke down. But before it did, they they had, like you said, they had uh, one of the stops, they had music. They had the, uh, what is it? I want to say Manhattan Murder Mystery, but it's the other one. It's, I always call them that, but they're called something mystery. Those guys, mystery movie, mystery, or whatever. They were they were played in the parking lot. Mystery Science Theater 2000. No, not Mystery Theater. That's that's like 1978 or 84 or something like that. Anyway, it is Kill Radio, and this is Bike Talk. Heard on K- uh, kpfk.org. On the on the podcast. Yeah. And we want to wish you all well. Hey, I'm going to be wrenching today over at the the bike oven this afternoon. So if you need a hand with your bike, come as on always. by. You're always there, right? 
I'm I'm trying to not be always there, but yeah, I'm usually always there. So thank you, Sergio, Adrian, and Eric. And maybe I'll see you guys tomorrow on the Coast Break Challenge. Cool. Yeah, I get, we should have talked about it. Well, we'll we'll talk about it next week. Okay. That'll be the halfway point. People have lost interest after two races, so we'll talk about the last two races. Cool. All, All right. right. Good show.